What's up, boys and girls? Welcome to a bonus conversation where we talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And by we, I mean Chris. And done. Let's go. here bonus episode of raise the geek podcast hopefully everybody enjoyed episode one they should be getting this one before episode two because we got to get this conversation in where we talk about the Snyderverse, Zack snyder's justice league which has surprisingly stole the conversation uh and it's your first viewing you never actually got to watch justice league in theaters you had zero interest as you said on episode one of our show uh, so overall, man, uh, let's just jump into this conversation. You know, if you're listening to us, you know how to find us. If you want to join the conversation or let us know what you're thinking about your pull list, hit us up at raisedageek at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at raisedageek. And definitely feel free to join the conversation. But the conversation I want to hear right now is, Don, what did you think of Zack Snyder's Justice League now that you sat through four hours and three minutes? Four hours and three minutes is right. Uh, my initial thoughts on Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, I would say I enjoyed myself watching it more than I thought I would. And that's like my main takeaway. Um, how many, how many, how many, how long did it take you? I did it in about two sessions, maybe two and a half because, well, two different days, let's say two different days, because the first day I watched it, I actually fell asleep a little bit uh, in, the, a little in, bit. The, in the second cha- in the second chapter. I, it was all over the weekend, but I might have started a little too late for me. Uh, so during the second chapter, I actually did start falling asleep. And then I believe I got a text from my wife saying she was going to bed. So after I went upstairs, to <laughs> wait, in, wait, 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 you got a text from her that said she was going to bed. So she wasn't there with you. No, she didn't watch it with me. Mm. Originally, originally, this was going to be a husband and wife view together. I kind of convinced her to watch it. She was like, yeah, I'll watch uh, Justice League with you. But uh, when the day actually came, I was like, hey, do you want to watch Justice League? She was like, no, you can just watch it by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, OK, yeah, that's no problem. I didn't think you wanted to anyway. But uh, yeah, so first night watching it, got through a, a little bit, started falling asleep. Thought I might have to put it off to another day, but uh when my wife texted me, I went upstairs, said goodnight to her, came back down. I was like, all right, I kind of got my second win, so I'm going to get some more in. And I actually sat through a good portion of it. I think I did about three hours total, the first viewing. And then, yeah, the next day I was able to finish it up. So, yeah, about two sessions. Um, I thought it would be more than that, but two sessions. Right. And, I mean, it was like four for Wonder Woman, right? Yeah, yeah felt like 10 but uh <laughs> uh yeah so initial thoughts about justice league i i enjoyed enjoyed myself throughout i thought it was a uh as far as Zack snyder dc movies go i still put man of steel at, uh, at the top for me but i think it was better than batman versus superman dawn of justice and uh I don't know before I get into like analysis of the whole thing what were what were your initial thoughts of it I want I for being 4 hours is like I said 90 minutes is my sweet spot I'll watch just about anything for 90 minutes yeah. um, it's just I don't know it just seems like the perfect length for a movie for me so the idea of this thing being 4 hours was like oh my god Justice yeah. League 4 hours like what is in this thing how can it be entertaining I mean this thing has to drag it didn't like mm-hmm. it seemed like every ten minutes something was happening in this movie, and I was invested in the things that were happening, and it was well put together and well told as a story, and everybody got an arc, and it's really what you had to do to introduce that many new characters and to do that much in a movie. It had to be four hours. I mean, if you remember, Justice League was originally part one and part two, yeah. so this thing was always two movies anyway, and that's pretty much what we got, and that was the only way to do that as a movie. Sure. Um, it just there's so much that happened in it. It's going over like I almost especially because they just released the Justice is Gray version. I almost feel like I'm going to end up putting it on again just because. Yeah. Um, 
I just want to see it. I, I kind of like when they do the black and white versions of movies, and I think that one would probably be kind of cool. Mad Max and Logan, both in black and white, were pretty badass when they did yeah. those. Um, so I'm definitely intrigued in that, and putting it on in the background will probably be more or less what happens. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought, and I actually liked the theatrical version of it. It was, once again, an hour and 50 minutes. You know, It, it was short. It was sweet. It hit the... It had some, you know, entertaining moments. It had some good scenes. I was, I was cool with it. Um, it was, and I went in with extremely low expectations after Batman versus Superman. Yeah, and um, I wasn't disappointed in the theatrical. But yeah, seeing Zack Snyder's original version, I am glad that we live in the universe that got to see this. Um, I like. I, I thought it was cool. It was worth having the, the HBO Max. And the biggest surprise to me is how much it stole the conversation from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, we're two weeks now out of this thing, and it's still, articles are just bombarded on comicbooks.com, IGN, you know, like, I've seen very few articles about the MCU show, and it's all still Snyderverse. Um, we have the petition for millions of people that want to restore the Snyderverse, and we have, like, people really wanting to know where we're going, in which we're going to talk about where they were going to go here in a, in a few minutes as part of this conversation, but... I overall, I really enjoyed what I saw, and I thought it was a, a solid movie that was, you know, had some badass moments. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, I have never been a huge uh, Batman, at, at Ben Affleck as Batman guy. Uh, I've kind of enjoyed it. I think there's been better iterations as as for different actors as Batman, but I thought. Uh, you know, he did a pretty good job in the role, and uh, I liked seeing uh, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman back to the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman that we've seen in previous movies before Wonder Woman 84. Uh, I was glad to see that return. The one, How the, the good one... did it feel? Like, they had that bank heist to open up where they introduced Wonder Woman for this movie. Oh, yeah. And she was badass in that scene, just, like, ripping people Definitely. up. And, you know, and it just, you, in, in this what ended up being, you know, five, ten minute scene in the Snyderverse, which was cut down to like two minutes in the theatrical version. Like it was yeah. the it was the, you know, quick and dirty version. Yeah. And that's then that's a big difference if you watch them both. Because I sat and watched the Snyderverse cut. I watched that on Thursday when it came out for two and a half hours. I watched the ninety minutes on Friday and then Saturday we sat down and watched the theatrical because if you I'm ever big Justice League weekend, big <laughs> Justice Week, I did six hours, and I <laughs> thought I I did I couldn't even imagine sitting through the four that weekend, and the fact that I got through six just shows that I was I was invested, and it was fun to see those characters. Um, say what you want about Zack Snyder and what he did with this universe, and I know I'm already going off on a tangent from whatever I was about to say, but go on. <laughs> the, his costumes, the costumes looked awesome. Like you said, Ben Affleck, I thought. I, I really had nothing wrong with Ben Affleck as Batman. Granted, I mean, it was almost an hour and a half in this movie before you actually saw him be Batman. And if anything, when they cast him, the thing first thing that came out of everyone's mouth when they said Ben Affleck's going to be Batman is everyone said, oh, he'll be a badass Bruce Wayne. Right. And that's what you got in this movie. So, I mean, hey, they, they played to their strengths. But the costumes, the characters, the casting, I mean, everything looks great for this movie. Sure. And getting pulled back into that universe again with pretty much a brand new movie was exciting. I mean, it was cool to see these characters again that we never thought we'd see again. And we were, you know, we're just waiting for the Robert Pattinson's and the, whoever they cast for Superman next, or, you know, yeah. it, it, it did feel good. And I think I got sucked into that over the weekend and ended up watching the, uh, theatrical one again just to really see the differences and see you know Steppenwolf looking different and seeing sure. what changes they made which was very interesting but they really you know like I said the theatrical was a very you know quick and dirty version of what was supposed to be there but just seeing Wonder Woman whooping ass like that and in that 10 minute scene was more Wonder Woman than she was in two and a half hours of 84 Sure. You know, it just was so crazy and it just made you like yearn for it. Like, oh, we were really going for something that just I don't know if people weren't ready for or just didn't like. But it just when you're seeing the direction that we're going with some of these properties, it's kind of yeah. disappointing, you know. No, I'm with you. I mean, say what you will about Zack Snyder, but he does have his solid vision of what um superhero movies are supposed to be or like his version of superhero movies and he's like is good at executing 
that that I mean I think the whole thing that turned people off of Zack Snyder's take on superheroes you know for the Batman versus Superman is everything just could be interpreted as like dreary and too dark and too this and too that. But I think that was during like the, the love affair that people were having with the way Marvel was making their movies. Uh, everything was a little brighter. Everything was, you know, funnier and jokier. And I think that's kind of, that is the reason I'm not going to say, I think that is the reason why DC brought in, you know, Josh Whedon to, he was in. He was going to be involved in Zack Snyder's Justice League even before Snyder left. He was like brought in as a consultant to like add. Uh, well, what joke should we put here, and what should we change about this that makes you know people got to laugh. People love laughing at this stuff, you know. But in reality, I don't. I never understood why DC thought they had to do had to go that route. Had to try to like mimic Marvel's formula. Maybe it's just because of how successful they were, but I That's mean, exactly what it was. It was about money. Yeah. Warner Brothers wanted to get involved because they wanted to make money. And Batman versus Superman didn't make a billion dollars like every Marvel movie does. So they said, "Oh, we got to fix this." And yeah. it's just not what it was. And if they would have stayed away, um, you know, from their marketing, if they would have done a better job with marketing for Batman versus Superman, I think that movie could have been better received or could have been done differently because they stepped in for that. Because what happened? Zack Snyder put out his three hour cut of Batman versus Superman and all the fanboys said this was awesome and they loved yeah. that movie. And that's yeah. where the whole Snyder cut even came from because they saw what his original vision was for Batman versus Superman. And it was a much more competent movie. Yeah. And people really enjoyed that. And that's what they wanted from the Justice League, and they didn't. And as soon as Justice League came out, everyone said, well, we want to see the Snyder Cut. Right. Because we know that it's better than this, because the Batman vs. Superman Snyder Cut was better. So it's yeah. going to be better. And it's they, they just got involved with, we want to we wanna make money. You're not making a billion dollars, so do what other people do to make money. You know, yeah. oh, they're doing this in the MCU, so we're going to do that too, and we'll make a billion dollars. Well, no, you didn't. You made less money than Batman vs. Superman for Justice League. Right. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of a, that's always been a misstep. So, I mean, it is justification at the end. Uh, you know, I'm glad he got his movie out that he's always intended to have. It's gotta uh, feel good. Yeah, for sure. For him. And, uh, you know, four hours is a long time, but Hey, that's, that's his art. And, you know, I'm glad we got to take it as it was intended to be seen. So, Oh, absolutely. And what's crazy is I'm really glad that this exists just for him. And as doing things before, and we've both kind of dabbled with music and drawing and writing and, you know, yeah. acting, and we've all kind of done a lot of these things. And just from an artist standpoint, I was watching an interview and they asked him about the theatrical cut and the differences. And he said, honestly, I never saw the theatrical cut and I'm never mm -hmm. going to watch it. This is the version of Justice League that I prefer and blah, blah, blah. And it, to me, it's just crazy that he went even this long with he worked so hard to put together this universe to put together this movie finally did the justice league thing yeah he had his tragedy he had to leave he was having his fight they just didn't want to do this but then to go another four years since justice league came out in theaters and just sitting on this and never seeing that and never having that conclusion to that output of creativity that he did so now to be able to just have that release has to just be just so and the fact that it's so well received and yeah. getting so much attention it just has to feel great because this is something that he never thought he would get and just from an artist standpoint it's super cool to see yeah you know he's definitely through his mind he's got to be going through the motions of like i told you so like you guys could have just let me do this the way i wanted to and look this is what the people the, my fans and the fans of this uh dc eu you know wanted in the first place and so yeah that is good vindication for him uh awesome yeah definitely uh so then like i said you never saw the theatrical cut so i mean yeah. and like i said realistically they just shortened most of the scenes um that yeah. was the big thing one of the other big changes they did was that uh steppenwolf there was no dark side and i apologize and i'll miss it when i call him dark seed because the way they spell his name i've called him dark seed for years so when it happens it just happens i know what i'm talking about but um dark side wasn't anywhere in this movie 
And even yeah. that big giant battle scene that they had with all of the, you know, back in the past where Darkseid was just destroying everything. They had the Atlanteans and the Lanterns and they had all this stuff in the theatrical version that was all Steppenwolf. Right. So there was no, there was just no character development for any characters in this. Um, I do go back and forth because they changed Steppenwolf's appearance. I go back and forth on which one I liked. I didn't mind his appearance in the other one. Um, he looked a little bit more shiny. In the new one, he was very yeah. shiny. In the yeah. original, the theatrical version, he was he looked more menacing and more like a big bad. Like he oh. had a little bit more of a big bad look. Like he looked, he walked into a room and you were just like, that's a bad guy. Where the Snyder verse or the Wheaton, sorry, the Snyder cut version seemed like he could be interchanged with any kind of faceless yeah. bad guy. Like he looked cool, but he just was missing something for being like the bad guy, you know, like, especially when you have him talking with dark side who looked like a bad guy. And then you sure. had the little minion guy with the hood that looked like a bad guy. And the Steppenwolf just kind of seemed like a, a, you know, like a, he could have just been like a henchman or yeah, something like Goldar, like, you know, yeah. he just looked like Goldar <laughs> from power Rangers, you know, right. where he's just kind of like the, the lackey, you know, he yeah. just didn't. And I mean, I think that was what they were going for to a point was that he was trying to redeem himself. And, uh, um, I didn't right. mind. I liked, I liked both versions, but, uh, I mean, like I said, I really enjoyed what they did with the Snyder cut for the most part. Um, there were some scenes that I didn't need, um, the flash being all creepy with, uh, the girl with, with West because they never told you who she was. Right. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that whole scene was really weird. They're playing like weird. Some of the music choices in the Snyder cut was weird. Um, that, that, yeah, that some of those were a little strange. I feel like he might have inserted some songs like he just like, oh, I really like this song. So I'm going to like throw it in here, even if it didn't seem to make sense to the scene. Uh, that that the time of the movie, I know we've already talked about it, but that would be one of my few gripes is because. I feel like it still could have been the same movie and lost maybe like 30 minutes in there. Oh, yeah. uh, definitely could have, I don't know, shorter movies to me, the shorter, the better. That's just how I know we've talked about that before, but I feel like it could have. And I think I read somewhere, I don't know which, uh, which group or company put out this stat, but like they added up the time of all the slow motion scenes in that movie. <laughs> And it equaled out to like I think twenty four minutes of just slow mo, which translated to like ten percent of the film is slow motion. Some some of those slow mo scenes, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, we get the point. Like, let's move on. Like, this is taking a long time to like just get to it, get to the meat and potatoes of what you're doing. So yeah, some of that could have been. I mean, that's just a small gripe I have. But uh, you have a character named the Flash, and you right. never saw him flash. Right. Like every time he used his power, it was in slow motion outside yeah. of the only time you saw him running fast was when he was trying to gain speed at the end for the climax where he was running laps around the city. Right. Um, that was the only time you actually saw him move fast. He never did anything with no. the, with his speed. And anytime he did his speed, it was always watching everything in slow motion, yeah. which then, of course, of course, is cool. But we saw it already a couple of times with Quicksilver in the Fox X-Men universe. Right. And they were the ones that did it first and kind of did it better, you know? So yeah, it was kind yeah. of one of those things that's kind of a shame, you know, that yeah. they did it. And there's, it, I understand wanting to do it, but yeah, just having this character as the flash. And then when you're watching the theatrical cut, there was like, there was the one scene where they, when they kind of get everyone together and they go to like the, the bat cave, you know, mm -hmm. and that they're talking about a bunch of stuff. And in the theatrical version, there's this scene where then the flash like walks in and he goes, this looks so cool. And then they show him like zipping from place to place and sitting in the Batmobile and looking around and, you know, just like darting around like the flash being goofy. And it was funny. And it's just like, see, that was better. You know, they Snyder's version of the flash seemed very manic, but yeah. almost like uncomfortable manic. Like he didn't seem like, you know, the flash is always a manic character because he's going fast and right. as you can tell, his brain's going fast, but he doesn't seem in pain about going fast. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, this this Snyder's version of The Flash almost seemed like it was, you know, how I am when I'm battling ADHD. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm, you know, unmedicated ADHD where you're uncomfortable. You know, it's like, yeah. you, don't, you don't have that, like, that fun Flash where The Flash normally is, like, on the TV show or even in the theatrical version, I think. Yeah. I think we did have a, an idea for 
that character that was different. Well, he was even there. I could tell like he was the comic relief for the movie, even in the Snyderverse. Like oh, yeah. every every joke you have coming is coming out of Flash. Uh, I don't know if anyone else really had any funny lines. Even me not seeing the Whedon cut, I have read about it, so I I know there was like a lot of jokiness and and stuff that they took out um, for the for the Snyder cut. Uh, I mean, there was enough jokes there to like. I thought there was keep it like light and at certain times, but not too many. It wasn't oversaturated and trying to trying to be something that it's not because it's not supposed to be a a jokey, super you know funny movie. It's more serious and comic book uh, driven. So yeah, as far as that goes, and and another thing I read, uh, not seeing the. Whedon cut but I have read is it true that they gave like a lot more time to the development of um, Flash and Cyborg that wasn't there in the first movie because I felt like they did they did a nice amount of origin and backstory maybe for each character maybe not so much like Wonder Woman and Batman because we've already seen them we already like know what's going on with those guys they've had their own movies Mm -hmm. but like uh aquaman and flash and cyborg i feel like we got a a lot of scenes with them that you know i appreciated that kind of stuff i they did they and yeah aquaman all the people who didn't have movies yet they did get their origin and they got a lot of more information put into it and it was fine and i like i said i enjoyed it for what it was um I know everyone was going on about Cyborg getting more screen time and finally being a more well-rounded character. My problem with Cyborg in this movie was that he still just became that stereotypical, I'm a teenager and I'm mad at my dad and I'm this. And to me, his story still wasn't, it wasn't original, I guess. And I mean, I know what's original anymore, but it, to me, it just, it just became brooding teenager, you know? It was like CW. It was very CW to me, where it was just like I'm mad at my dad because he brought me back to life and made me a robot, and my mom's dead, and <laughs> I don't like you, dad. And it's just, I mean, overall, I enjoyed what they did with it, but I think I wanted more from that arc and from that character to be able to see a little bit more, yeah, um, just a little bit more depth. I think I would have liked. I think to me, you added a bunch of scenes, but I still feel like it was very surface. And just sure. kind of generic, just, you know, how many times have you seen that storyline where, you know, teenagers mad at their parents for doing something and not talking to them and not, you just kind of have that a little bit of a, a thing where I, I would have liked a little bit more originality yeah. or just something a little bit more, not as yeah. shallow. Um, but used, overall, it's definitely been used a lot that that's theme. Yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoyed that Cyborg and Flash and everyone got more screen time and got it, it was what was needed for that movie. It was absolutely missing, yeah. um, not having a full background. But I, I really, I liked Cyborg in the theatrical version because he seemed more involved. Like okay. because in the theatrical one, he just he is Cyborg, and yeah, he's kind. Of, they they cut a lot of his dad out, like. Joe Morton, unfortunately, and I love Joe Morton since like back watching him as a kid in Terminator 2. Yeah. And stuff like I love that actor when he pops up and stuff. So it's a shame to see how much he got cut. But I really um the cyborg in this one, he was very like once he realized that he could like tap into machines and he could tap into technology, he realized that Wonder Woman and Batman were like trying to find him. So he was like spying on them and hunting them down. And they showed a lot of scenes that weren't in the Snyder version where he was like following them talking about him and like using technology to communicate with them. And he seemed a lot more involved in the process than he did in the Snyder verse. So I really think some of the stuff that they did add for cyborg, I think was more interesting because it was, it made the character seem like he was with it more and not just a, a brooding teenager, you know? And I, I liked that. And I think like I said, I was sitting here with my wife watching the the theatrical one after we watched the other one. And that was one of our, our conversations was we just, talked about the differences in those characters and yet sitting there watching cyborg he just he he seemed like he had more depth in the theatrical cut um he just didn't have as much background so like i said you you missed out on the origin but i think he was more well-rounded as just an interesting character in the theatrical 
Um, okay, but yeah, yeah. If you could have found pros, a nice pros and cons to both. Yeah, if you could have yeah. found a nice way to marry the two, it would have been perfect. Um, but I, I, I'm fine with either one. I can, you know, they both. Luckily for us, they both exist, so I can yeah. see it all. And when, if you know, if I want to watch one cyborg, I watch one movie. If I want to watch the other, um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Um, I loved, but there were a couple scenes that I absolutely loved. And um, one was the, and this, this was, this was, and I knew it was the only ones that Zack Snyder kept with Superman because it was the only one where he didn't have a Photoshopped mustache, an animated <laughs> face. Cause Joss Wheaton had to get rid of, you know, <coughs> the iconic mustache that Henry Cavell had for mission impossible five. I think yeah. when they did the reshoots and they had to animate his face and it's not we, aging well. We've all seen those pictures. <laughs> and uh, so you knew that this, so I knew this scene was still going to be in there, but to see that they didn't alter it nearly as much as I thought they would, but I love, I still love the scene where Superman comes back and is fighting everyone at the monument. Um, oh yeah. That was that's fun. just so cool. And then, like I said, that I mean, it's just awesome when the Flash is trying to sneak up on him and Superman just, you see his eye just dart. And then you yeah. see Barry like, oh shit, you know? That was, and, that like, was basically his way of being like, I'm just as fast as you are. Yeah. That was just, that scene, I mean, in the, the ju- Zack Snyder just, that that was just an awesome scene. Like, I just love that, that fight thing. And then, like I said, throw that Flash kind of stinger in there. Yeah. was super cool. Um and overall, it just, it just went. It just went to show you. Also, like, I've I've had this conversation with you privately. It's even about like, uh, it has to do with like the last fight scene in that movie. But it just goes to show you how much more powerful Superman is than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, the Justice League is a great idea. Like, of course you're going to do it. Combine all your top heroes, especially you know the Trinity of characters: Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman. But if, like, you don't have a gimmick or some kind of, like, uh, kryptonite or anything, like, you have zero chance against that guy ever. Like, <laughs> right. he, he he just, like, wipes the floor with, you know, even Wonder Woman is a, uh overpowered character. But even with her, he can just, like, toss her around like she's nothing. And, like, so you're telling me, like, Batman has a chance if he doesn't have a kryptonite-powered suit? Like, it's crazy to me. But, yeah, that was a super, super fun scene. Yeah, it was just, I mean, and that, like I said, I still think the Snyder original vision was better than the theatrical outside of a couple little jokes that didn't make it um, from the theatrical. But overall, it was a, I mean, that scene still was so much better in the Zack Snyder version. It mm-hmm. just, and because the way that they did it in the theatrical version was that Batman brought Lois there. So like, he was like, I have a contingency plan in case things go wrong. And then when Batman showed up, they added this. They added a throwback a line from Batman versus Superman, where once Clark saw Batman, he was like, "I remember you." And then he goes yeah. and grabs him, and then he's like, "Do you bleed?" And then he kind yeah. of throws him, and uh, then then he goes, "Alfred, I need the big guns." And then Lois comes out, so it was like Batman brought Lois in case things, and I didn't. I liked this more natural, like she just happened to be there type thing because it was the monument and it was a my, lot more well-rounded. My one, my one thing I was thinking during watching that scene uh, was when Lois popped out and they were trying to get Superman to stop, her and Batman both kept referring to him as Clark. They were like, Clark, stop, Clark this, Clark that. In my mind, I'm like, what about these cops standing right here? They just heard yeah. you call Superman Clark. <laughs> like, they, like they now know uh, like oh clark kent he does kind of look like that guy uh i thought that was funny like that they were referring to him by his real name is kind of strange but yeah, uh i hear that <laughs> i don't know did you notice that part too or i didn't i didn't but now i'll never <laughs> not be able to notice it she yeah she was just straight up like clark and the cop was like clark well, who's that, but... clark lois lane clark <laughs> right, kent i right. figured it out they're gonna be on the cover of the daily bugle <laughs> right uh, that was good uh but yeah that scene i was glad that that stayed intact because i loved that scene the action scenes were super good um yeah my my favorite one of my favorite scenes was towards the beginning of the movie with uh steppenwolf the fight with steppenwolf and the amazons yeah uh, uh like through the 
wooded area kind of like reminded you of like a scene from Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or something when they were all riding the horses and he was chasing them and knocking them off the horses and taking them out. And when he was fighting all the Amazons in the uh, temple kind of structure, I think that was like once once that scene and that was pretty early on in the movie. And once that scene happened and I was just like, okay, this is this is cool. Like uh, that was some really cool action there. And I enjoyed seeing that. Did you like that scene? Yeah, and it, and once again, that scene was in the original, but it was so short. It yeah. was like they just cut to you know, like here, once Steppenwolf showed up, they showed the box, like the box come to life, and they had a couple scenes before Steppenwolf even showed up with the Amazons talking about it and trying to figure out what's happening and getting ready, and then Steppenwolf shows up, and then you have this giant action scene where the tower gets pulled into the water, and yeah, you just have this big moment, but then uh. You had in the theatrical version, it's literally the first time you go to the Amazons, it's in the temple and Steppenwolf shows up. And then uh, they immediately, there's no fight in the temple. It's immediately Wonder Woman's mom grabs the box and runs out. So they still had the giant ab women to do the thing, which I wouldn't right. cut that out of out of it anyway. But right. you had the big strong women not breaking through the door. And then like they just show Steppenwolf break through the wall and then chase him. So it's really, really short, but um, yeah, it was so much better and it had so much more emotion when they, the original version, it was such a cool scene to see all of those women fighting and dying and showing just so much more emotion that was in it compared to uh, um, the theatrical, which like I said, that ultimately became the big thing is a lot of depth got removed to hit that uh, under two hour time time frame. But that scene was awesome. And yeah, the, uh, and the final battle. I thought the final battle, the big climax battle with Steppenwolf and the Justice League and Superman showing up, and I thought that they did that really, really well. And like I said, a lot of that was similar, but it was a lot different at the same time. Now, let me ask you: in the uh, theatrical cut during that last scene, was Superman wearing the black suit, or was he in the blue and red? He was in the blue and red. Okay. See, I think I actually would have preferred that. Um, I don't know. The black suit was cool, but I don't think, and I, I know, I know it has a history in the comics and everything, but I don't think they did a good enough job explaining like why he's in it, mm -hmm. what, what he's wearing it for. Like, is that just the one he chose? And he wants to like, just iconically you associate Superman with the red and the blue and the yellow and the trunks and everything. Well, not, not the trunks for the movie purposes, but just like the suit from Man of Steel, I just think is so cool in the red cape. So I would have actually preferred that he be in the blue and red. But that's just, I guess, you know, my thoughts on it. I, don't I know. when I saw the theatrical version, mm -hmm. I was super pumped to see him in the red and the blue suit and see it be bright and the colors and just really see him be Superman. And I loved it. And I think that's one of the reasons why I actually enjoyed the theatrical cut of justice league because Superman got to be Superman mm -hmm. watching the Snyder cut and then watching the theatrical right after, but watching the Snyder cut version, I really liked the black suit because I think they were going for their, they were obviously going for something very different with this Superman. And I think that they got across this idea that this isn't, Superman like he came back but something's still not there okay. and I think him going for that black suit like walking past the red and the blue and having that scene where he walks past the red and the blue picks the black suit shows that like okay there's something different about him and I think that they were going to dive into that because you did they did that you know that flash with cyborg where he saw the future with, with Superman and they were teasing this whole thing with Lois Lane being killed. And I mean, they showed him holding her in his arms as she was like deep fried. And I think, and none of that was in the theatrical cyborg didn't have a vision when he, they were bringing him back. It was, it was, you know, just completely void of that. And I think that that was, you know, from my understanding of where they were going with, the future justice league movies and what the plan was, was I think that that was kind of the idea is that he was going to be black suit, Superman, bad guy, evil for that whole next justice league two. Right. And not, and you wouldn't see him in the red and the blue and he wasn't going to fully be back from the dead until the third one after I believe super Batman sacrificed himself, I think was the general plan. And then flash was going to mess with time to save Lois Lane. And yeah, uh, 
somewhere in there, but I think it wasn't going to be to the third. I think you were going to realize in the second movie, I think the black suit was going to make more sense because I think they, I think that's what they were going for was that this isn't like, he's not fully back. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, It was just like, my thing is just my personal preference. Oh yeah. No, I'm just like, man, it would be really cool to see him like fighting next to all these uh, other iconic superheroes and, you know, in the blue and the, in the blue and the red. It's a hundred percent. And I guess one of the good things is that exists. Like you can watch that scene with him in the red and the blue. It is a little bit different, but it's still the, you could still see it. And I, and like I said, that was one of the things I a hundred percent like understand what you're saying, because that was what I enjoyed about justice league. Yeah. And um, so now seeing it differently, I see what he was going for. And I think, thematically it the black suit was much better of an idea for where he was going and what he did in this movie versus the other one but yeah. i 100% agree with you because yeah seeing him in the red and the blue with the colors turned up just coming in there and whooping steppenwolf's ass to me was awesome in the theatrical and i think that was one of the reasons i liked that enjoyed right. that movie as much as i ended up enjoying it um so i definitely understand that but i know you mentioned before i think when we might have been talking privately you said you know superman or i know you said earlier in this conversation that superman seemed very like overpowered and he just yeah. kind of walks in and just goes all right i'm here and this is that what's crazy is you said it was this it's worse in the theatrical cut yeah so like in the theatrical cut when he shows up it's literally just turns the villain into a bad guy like or not a bad guy but just they turn him into a joke like immediately <laughs> superman's like ha 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 and then they're throwing in like one liners at the bad at steppenwolf's you know expense and it's it's a whole other like level of just superman not taking things seriously at all yeah and, um that re-watching that it was just after watching the snyder zach snyder's version it was it was jarring at how different it was but yeah superman showing up but he showed up so much better in this version like so badass with just stop just showing up out of nowhere and getting that axe hitting him as just that that was definitely that was definitely cool and i mean it made you understand why they had to keep him away until the end because if he would have been around through this whole movie there wouldn't have been a movie as soon as steppenwolf stepped foot on earth he would have just flown down and like knocked his ass back to dark side you know uh because like that's basically what he did he like mopped the floor with them which i mean it was fun to see i mean superman is superman you're not really going to be able to match up with him with really anybody except i guess in batman versus superman doomsday did kind of give him a fight but uh yeah but doomsday always does doomsday always does and another thing that was fun about or funny to me about that scene is like batman was nowhere near that last fight it was like aquaman wonder woman and superman basically fighting because they're like the most strength powerful ones on the team like what is batman gonna do here Nothing. like just die yeah. <laughs> he's immediately he's, yeah you just got him outside using you know the the gun to shoot the parademons because that's what he can do what yep. else can he do he's Nothing. a man He's yeah. a man. He's, he's a man dude. in a suit. <laughs> There's if he's standing there during that Steppenwolf fight, he's like, I'm just gonna stand behind uh, you or one of you who can actually take these punches because it'll literally knock my head off. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. That was funny to me. Yeah, Batman definitely was not the highlight. <laughs> no, he, he's story. He's very important for the story, but yeah, yeah, from the action standpoint, no. Yeah, you got to have him either driving an armored car or shooting people. Because if he's out here fighting these guys, these alien things hand to hand, there's no way. He's, I mean, he's Batman. Yeah, and that I think that would have been the one thing out of four hours. And I'm trying to remember if there was, but there was no big Batman scene. Not really, except like you didn't I just, get like a Batman style action no. scene. Like we had the Wonder Woman one in the beginning. Plus we had the Amazons. We had some of the Atlanteans right. and an Aquaman scene. We didn't flash was, you know, on the edge, but we didn't get like a Batman scene, you know, him no, fighting somebody. Not really, except for, you know, unless you want to count him being in the, uh, in his, you know, tank driving around, but I don't like him hand to hand fighting and like yeah. having, Batman scene? No, we didn't have that. I mean, because really you couldn't. There's not like gangsters in this movie. That's who Batman beats up on. You know, he he 
he's not going to do much against uh, intergalactic invaders with his gadgets and whatnot. I mean, he was still, like you said, an integral part to this movie. He's the one who brought them all together. Uh, the scene with uh, Commissioner Gordon up on the rooftop was pretty cool. Uh, was that J? That was J.K. Simons, right? That, was that yeah. his first appearance as Gordon? Or had he been? No, he, I think he was in Batman to Superman. Was he? Okay, I couldn't I th- remember. I think he had to be. Yeah, he's he's a good. He looks good as a Gordon. I don't know. I love just that with, dude, man. Yeah, I just couldn't remember him ever being in that role before. And when I saw him as Gordon, I was like, man, he makes a good Gordon. He really he, does. He makes a good J. Jonah Jameson too. I guess he just fits some roles. He's very well. versatile. He's a versatile <laughs> actor. I mean, realistically, he's the character actor for a reason because he can fit in any role. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, you know, become more and more noticeable and he has won an Academy Award, but um, he just, yeah, he just is that still has that character actor that you can really fit him in anywhere as a good guy, as a bad guy. And you just are happy when he shows up, man. Yeah, for sure. I love that dude. <laughs> Me too. I do. Uh, one of the, the other thing I loved and I love, and literally I just like was jumping up and down on the couch was at the end of this movie. Um, when they defeat Steppenwolf and they throw him back through the portal at Darkseid and they have this stand down where it's like Darkseid and his army are staring at this portal at the Justice League and they're playing that music and they're just staring at each other, giving each other looks. And I was like jumping up and down like that was badass, man. That was just a shot that was like on par with the Trinity shot in Batman Superman that they gave away in all the trailers. This was, yeah. I, to me, that was just so awesome, man. That made the movie for me, man. That's like the MCU equivalent of the first Avengers movie where they did the circle. Uh, yep. The, yep. the circle camera around them all for the first time that like kind of gave you the same feel. Yeah. You get you got goosebumps when you watched that. You got goosebumps <laughs> when you saw that Trinity scene. And I got goosebumps watching them stare down dark side. Like that was just, that was just yeah. nasty, man. It kind of, you know, I'm I'm back and forth on if they ever should have, if it's right to continue the Snyderverse, you know, DC has said they never will, but it's kind of a shame that you won't get a, uh, a future movie where dark side is actually like the, he's here now. Now, what are you now? What is this group going to do? Yeah. Uh, Cause that was, that was like totally setting up for that. You know, him saying, well, we're going to, we know where the anti-life equation is. We're just going to go there the old fashioned way, like prepare the armada or whatever. Like he's coming. That was, that was cool. But in the back of my mind, I was like, Oh, they'll never get to do it. No. And that's why like Snyder's doing interviews now. And I watched a video where they talked about all of the hints of what they were going to do. And that seemed like the next justice league two was going to be about the anti-life equation and dark side using it on Superman and yeah. with the death of Lois Lane. And Lois Lane was going to die. Superman was going to go crazy. The anti-life equation and Darkseid was going to have Superman as his like general. And he was mm-hmm. and Superman was going to go crazy and do his thing while the Flash was trying to go back in time and do all that stuff. And then the third movie was going to be where Superman breaks that. And then Darkseid was going to be the big bad for the big giant battle. And it's sure. honestly, it's it's a shame we're not going to see it, man. Yeah. It is now. I know Snyder's hoping that the, he can. He's contacting DC to try to do it in comic book form, okay. um, which I still think would be pretty bad. I'd read it. I I would be. I'd pick up that book at least to start to see where it goes if they if they were able to continue it in that form. Yeah, so you can at least get the story, see it through to the end. Just yeah, see it through, and especially from an unedited perspective. You know, like studio, let, no studio interference. Like let him fully go do what he wants to do yeah so what speaking of uh-huh. well, sorry i was just gonna say like i did you i'm sure you're gonna ask about it then what did you think about the uh after after scene stuff there after that scene you just described like the whole epilogue of the movie and and that's weird because like we knew going into this movie that there was going to be they kept saying is oh the movie ends in a cliffhanger the movie ends in a cliffhanger so i'm sitting here yeah. watching this movie going oh my god they're going to kill Lois Lane at the end of this movie. Like that's, mm-hmm. I just thought they were going to kill Lois. Like, I just thought that's how this movie was going to end. And I was like, that's going to suck. That is terrible cliffhanger to leave us on. And knowing we're not going to get a sequel. Why would you do this? Like I was genuinely getting upset that that was where they were headed with this movie as much as I wanted to see it. Cause I thought that would have been nasty way to end this thing. Yeah. Um, well, it's not obviously what we got. 
Um, the epilogue was fine. I didn't need it at all. Um, okay. It was fine to see. I know the big thing, which I guess we'll jump into now. The big thing was that Jared Leto was back as the Joker, and Zack Snyder got to do Ben Affleck and Jared Leto got to do their big Batman Joker scene where they apparently weren't even in the same room to do it. But Zack Snyder got That's to direct. True? Yeah, I watched well, the making. I of- didn't. I and they had that. to because of because of schedules and COVID, they had to record their parts separately. So they weren't actually they didn't actually get to do that scene together. They were still set all those people were separate because of schedules. So that's oh, why you never saw anybody in that epilogue, or especially that last last scene with the nightmare. Yeah. None of them you actually saw together because no, they couldn't do their schedules. They had to film them all separately. Um huh. it worked, but yeah. Um to me, that's not a cliffhanger. That was nothing. I mean, yeah, I guess it was a little bit of a cliffhanger seeing Superman as a bad guy. To me, it was still just like Lois, them, them exploding Lois Lane and Superman freaking out would have been a cliffhanger. This to me was just like, all right, I'm cool. I don't I don't need to see the future they set up, especially because and I know I've mentioned it to you before. I it's official. I do not like Jared Leto as the Joker. Like yeah, we are in agreement on that. And I think there's a lot of people in agreement on that. Like it just, I don't know. He's missing something. He's not, he's not having fun with the character. He's not, I don't know his little weird croak laugh. And he just, I don't know. He's still to me, he's just playing gangster and psych psychotic, but he's not that like anarchist. He's mm-hmm. not that he's still trying to be too composed. And the Joker is like Heath Ledger did. And even like Jack Nicholson did back in the day, Jack Nicholson started as the gangster, but then he started having fun and started, you know, using the whoopee cushions and the, you know, the boxing glove to break TVs and the, the squirt rose. And Heath Ledger was a lot more anarchistic and very like, you know, he was having fun and just creating chaos and he was having a blast doing what he was doing. And I never saw, got to see a scene where Jared Leto was having fun with what he was doing. He always seemed annoyed. He always seemed like he was trying to control things and that's not the Joker as a character. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, just I've, I've seen, I've seen comments of people saying this was the talking about Jared Leto, Ben Affleck, like this was the greatest uh, Batman Joker interaction we've ever had, and I was like, "What were you watching?" Because no to me, th- that was pretty weak. To me, I, I I'm with you, Jared Leto as the character. I mean, he's got, I guess, the look is fine. Um, the the look for this movie, I I can say is to me improved from Suicide Squad. They got a little closer, but still, just like he's he's just not the right guy for it. Like you said, the laugh was off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. it sounded like an old man croaking <laughs> right what was that uh, I mean the Joaquin Phoenix laugh was 10 times better than that and I'm not even huge on that movie either that's a talk for another time I'll have I, to watch it I still have not watched that movie yeah, I still can't believe you haven't watched it <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you his Joaquin Phoenix's laugh was 10 times better than the Jared Leto laugh I'll at least give him that but yeah the, the nightmare scene I don't know. I could have gone without it as well. Uh, especially knowing that it's never going to pay off to anything. Uh, it's just, I guess it was just kind of thrown in there for, you know, they wanted to use Jared Leto in the trailers to yep. pull in, pull in more people who were kind of on the fence, like Joker, cause Joker sells Joker always has sold. Uh, so I don't know. I could have lived without it. I mean, there's some other stuff that w- the epilogue was pretty long. I was surprised it was like a whole nother, you know, 20 minutes after the movie technically felt like it was over probably longer than 20 minutes. Uh, I was kind of like a little thrown off with the scene with um, Bruce Wayne and Martian Manhunter. There was also a Martian Manhunter scene earlier in the film that I, that to me kind of felt out of place because the character they used Correct me if I'm, I can't remember his character name, but he's been in Man of Steel and Batman Superman too. He's like a general or whatever. Yeah, yeah he's but the general guy. We never got the impression that he was Martian Manhunter in those movies. And it just kind of seemed like they threw it in there like, oh, here he is. Like, but for what reason? Like, I don't know. That, it kind of just caught me off guard, those scenes. You could have cut, cut both of those and made this movie a little bit shorter. And it wouldn't, especially when you know the movie wasn't going to go anywhere, then why do it? I think it was right. just him trying to give Harry Lennox, the actor, just that opportunity because they filmed it. So it was just like, cool, man, we'll throw it in there. Right. 
And I, mean, I think clearly, th- clearly he was in future plans. They were going to use him in a future movie, but I don't think you, I didn't find it necessary. I mean, it was, I guess it was cool for fans to be like, oh, Martian Manhunter, another character, you know, being involved, but I don't know. What would have been cooler is the original plan for that scene with Bruce Wayne, where Martian Manhunter comes down at his house and introduces himself, is apparently originally in the original cut, that was a member of the Green Lantern Corps. Oh yeah, that would have been and that cool. would have been having a Green Lantern come down and be like, you know, we're a part of this with you, and like kind of informally joining the Justice League. There, I think yeah. would have been a way bigger holy shit moment than Martian Manhunter. I did read a rumor somewhere that Zack Snyder originally wanted to try to get Ryan Reynolds back into the fold to be like uh, Green Lantern again, which would have been insane. But who knows if that would have ever worked out. Yeah, that would have been crazy. That would have been that would have been that would have been interesting. I still haven't seen all of that movie either. I know it's on HBO Max. I keep debating about just putting it on just to watch it. Yeah, just laugh a little bit. It's a it's a not laugh, ha ha, funny laugh. Like, what am I? Watching? What were you thinking? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, how did you feel? I guess last thing, and then we'll kind of wrap up this conversation that we thought was going to go twenty and it's going to go an hour. Um, how did you feel about the? <laughs> a big thing about coming into this movie was the, the rating rated R the violence was obviously up a notch. There was a lot more blood. There was a lot more violence. We had some F bombs. How did you feel? How did that, you know, good, bad, indifferent. In my mind, when I think of a movie involving Superman, like the rating R never comes into my mind that it should be rated R. Uh, Even, you know, previous Batman movies never have been rated R the entire Christopher Nolan trilogy. None of those are rated R and they are all, you know, perfectly like I'm right about that. Right. They're all PG. As far as I'm Uh, aware. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, there's nothing in there really that struck me as, wow, this is what made this like a hard R except, you know, I mean, Steppenwolf's head getting cut off. And like you said, a couple F bombs and like blood here and there. Dark, Uh, Dark side took a, a solid axe shot in that flashback scene where they dug that pretty deep into his shoulder. Oh yeah. That could have chopped off. And they did chop off the one green lantern's hand when the ring came off. Right. Right. So they they had a couple moments. It feels like they could have got away with that in like a pushing a PG 13 though, too. You like, they could have dialed it back maybe a touch and and got their PG 13. I don't know. I didn't really, it didn't really go through my mind too much that I'm watching it like while I'm watching it saying, Oh, this is an R rated movie, you know, except for the couple F bombs. Like you said, cyborg said it once. And I know, uh, Batman said it in the nightmare scene, which I thought was totally unnecessary. I've never, I, I don't imagine Batman looking at Joker and saying, I'm going to F and kill you. It's, it's, a uh, that that kind of was just like, oh, come on. Do you understand Batman? He he doesn't need to say stuff like that. He doesn't say he doesn't tell people he's going to kill them. He doesn't threaten people directly like that. That's like just to me, my interpretation of Batman. That was kind of like, eh, didn't need it. But that's just goes into the whole uh, Batman Joker scene, which we just talked about. We thought was off from the beginning. But yeah, yeah I don't know. What what did you feel about the rating? I once again, I, I, I didn't need I never really need the language. Um, it usually doesn't add anything to most movies. Um, so, yeah, dropping cyborgs after the world and Batman. I couldn't even remember until you said it right now what he even said. I just remember he did it. Um, yeah. So I didn't need that. I enjoyed I mean, the violence being up a notch for some of those battle scenes, because um, I think it added to the Amazon scene in the beginning with the horses and stuff. There was a lot more oomph to that. Um, so I, I really enjoyed the intensity turned up a little bit that I don't think they could have pulled off in a PG 13. So I think it raised the stakes a little bit. And I actually enjoyed that everything was a little bit more squishy and a little bit more um, things hit a little bit harder because they weren't toning it back. Um, So I liked that. But once again, I think you could have still pulled off a lot of the same stuff with a hard PG 13. And I think it only got rated R because he wanted to throw in a couple F-bombs. And and like I said, just cutting Batman's F-bomb and leaving cyborgs in there, you still could have got the PG-13 rating with that. So I don't think it was necessary, but right. it, it was what it was. But, yeah. you know, that was, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League. We saw it and it's unedited, unmessed. This is his vision straight from his brain to the R screens. And overall, I think it was a success. And from the conversation still going now two weeks later, I think it, 
overall was a success. Yeah. I, I, if you would have asked me um, before this came out how I predicted I was going to feel about it after watching it, I probably would have told you like I was going to hate it. I probably yeah. really uh, But I found myself pleasantly surprised watching it. You know, I was engaged. Like I said, I sat there for the first day and knocked out three hours. And for me, that's like almost unheard of. Right. So I was engaged. Uh, only fell asleep a little bit once. <laughs> Me, too. Me too. Yeah, came back. Uh, yeah, so overall, I would I would call it a success. And I've never been like a Snyder versus Snyder cut, like one of the fanboys. I've, I've enjoyed it, but I'm not like a hardcore guy. But like, I'll be honest when I say that I almost wish they would be able to continue and, you know, see where you go from here. Because that seems like something I'd be interested to see at this point. Yeah, I would I would watch a sequel. Yeah, I really would watch a sequel to watch Superman, watch Lois Lane die and watch Superman go crazy and become the bad guy. I think that would be fun and it would be something we didn't we haven't seen before. Yeah. And I think that that would be um, intriguing than than another Superman reboot or whatever they're going to do with Superman from here on out. I don't imagine it being much better than what they were going to do. And if anything, they're just going to reboot it and we'll watch, you know, Jonathan Kent die again another origin story yeah we'll get another origin story or another thing on krypton or something that just won't be as good so i i it's hard to be excited for wherever that wherever they go now at this point seeing how wb has handled the properties that they own it's hard to see right where they where they go from here which is crazy about like the the flash movie is still kind of in the works or planned they're still going to use uh Ezra Miller as the flash for his own movie. And it's going to be like, well, are you guys going to ignore the, what happened in the justice league movies or everything that's happened up to this point? Like, is this kind of be its own standalone kind of thing? Like, what are they going to do? I know there's rumors out there about, you know, certain actor, maybe Ben Affleck coming back or Michael Keaton being another Batman, but it's just like, it's, it'll be interesting to see if they go that route. And, you know, there's going to be an Aquaman sequel and, how are they going to uh, treat that? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how, what they do. Yeah, it's like, are they going to use Flashpoint? Because that's the rumored, obvious, uh, like, point of or story for the Flash movie. It's like, are they going to use that Flashpoint idea to undo things or redo things? Right. You know, are they going to undo a lot of, like, Zack Snyderverse and kind of separate these characters and multiverse them and have, you know, separate everybody? Right. Or are they going to use it to bring people together again in a different way and continue something or try something new? Um, for From seeing where they went after Justice League, you know, Shazam being a standalone movie was much more entertaining than previous iterations. Aquaman kind of being on its own was fine. Uh, Wonder Woman 84 really since justice league has been their first real, I mean, stumble. And that was their biggest stumble to date, regardless of what they think. Um, yeah. So I don't know where they go and I don't, I still don't even know how interested I am and where they go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I feel the same way. We'll see. I mean, my most the, the the next DC property that excites me is the um, Matt Reeves, Robert yeah, Pattinson Batman, uh, and I mean, at least with that one, we know that we're not getting another Batman origin story. They've already said this is like this takes place in year two. He's we're not going to do the uh, his parents getting murdered again in the alley and a whole scene with that. So at least we know we're like bypassing that. Uh, but that's like a totally separate thing from what the Snyder verse and everything else is going on, but yeah, I'm with you. We'll see what happens. And, you know, hopefully we'll be here for it to talk about it as we learn more stuff. But I think that is going to wrap up our special conversation, special episode, whatever I called it in the beginning. Uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Once again, this went, I'm glad we decided to separate this out because it went way longer than I thought it was going to, but it was a four hour movie. Um, so there was obviously lots to talk about. hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you have any input into this, as this conversation continues on social media and the internet, definitely shoot us an email over at raisedageek at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at raisedageek. But until next time, which should be episode two dropping Wednesday, if everything goes as according to plan, 
This has been Chris. And Don. And it's Raise the Geek Podcast. See you next time, guys. <laughs>